folks, this is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, Podcast 593 for July the 10th, 2016. On today's show, as you might have guessed from that opening uh, music segment, I'm going to talk about uh, the music of the recent Star Trek movies. Uh, the We'll call it the Kelvin Universe, because that's been the official designation by Paramount Pictures now for the JJ-verse of films, the last two films from Star Trek 2009, kind of wish they had a subtitle on that movie. I hate calling it Star Trek 2009. And, of course, um, Into Darkness from 2013. And we're also we're getting a little bit of music already from uh, Star Trek Beyond, which is just about two weeks away, a little less than two weeks away from premiering on the 22nd of July. So I'm going to talk about the music. Uh, I've got a few other things to talk about as well. I've got a collectible statue, a new premium format sideshow collectible that I want to talk about uh, from the comic universe and uh, we'll talk about a bunch of other stuff so um, and to start with let's play a um, this is going to be I'm going to play the third trailer uh, the third official trailer I guess to Star Trek Beyond this uses one of the musical entries uh, the one from Rihanna that uh, she's doing a song for this uh, movie or did a song for this movie I think the song is called Sledgehammer. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, it is used in this trailer. I like the trailer. I like the song. And I like Star Trek. <laughs> There's a surprise. Anyway, listen to this uh, trailer, and I will be back in a moment with more Treks in Sci-Fi. My dad joined Starfleet because he believed in it. I joined on a dare. You joined to see if you could live up to him. He spent all his time trying to be your dad. And now you're wondering what it means to be you. We were overwhelmed by something. Something we've never seen before. I know this isn't the last of my crew. But this is my last report as the captain of the Starship Enterprise. I'm bracing for the pain and I am letting go. I gathered all my strength and I found myself. Folks, welcome to the podcast again. This is Rico, your host. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show, um, well, I don't know. Are there new listeners still these days? I always get the feeling that podcasts, after they've been out for a while, don't get really get a lot of new listeners. A trickle here or there, but I think they tend to stick with, you know, people tend to stick with shows. And maybe they go on to other shows, but um, 
it's um, eh, it's hard to say. Anyway, if you ever want to get a hold of me, treksf at gmail.com. There is a website over at treksandsci-fi.com, also a Facebook group. Uh, just search for Treks and Sci-Fi. Uh, there's links to all that stuff at, at treksandsci-fi.com. I guess we'll go through all the usual details here. Also, uh, I do a lot of videos uh, that are over on Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. Do music videos from convention stuff and other things. I do vidcasts uh, and uh, there's a bunch of other stuff there. So check that out. And one last thing, I guess I will mention at this point, uh, Patreon. That is how uh, you can support the show or one of the ways you can support. Of course, PayPal donations, things like that are always welcome. There's links on the uh, Treks and Sci-Fi page for that. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Trekkie, the cool thing about that is you can just donate maybe a dollar or two a month. And I am deep in working on the second phase of the uh, little set, uh, Trek set project that I've been doing for the, for quite a few months now. It's actually coming together pretty good now. I just installed the side light panels this morning before I started the podcast. I did some tests and wired those up yesterday and probably yeah, i'm hoping in another week or two i'm hoping for the star trek beyond uh, vidcast to have it pretty well in place which is about two weeks away now uh, again a reminder for that um so uh, i just should finish up the patreon thing if you want to support the show patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi and thanks to everyone who's doing that i very much appreciate that support to help uh pay for the upper display and 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 all the electronics and everything that's going into the new set so and supporting the podcast and web hosting fees and all that jazz um so it's uh, yeah a couple weeks away of her star trek beyond now and the the thing i wanted to mention at this point is is like i've done it for the last two star trek films I would very much like if you guys, after you see the movie, and I'm hoping we can get a lot of people out on opening weekend to see it, because I'm going to do a video cast that weekend. Uh, I might push it till Monday or Tuesday to allow for a few other video entries to come in. But uh, if you record a short little video and you want to get it over to me, Dropbox it to me, that's probably the easiest way. Or if you, there's a way for you to email it or, or whatever, however you want to get it to me, let me know. I can help you with that. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the fun thing about this is I love to get a lot of people's different immediate opinions and thoughts on video from, uh, after they see the movie, after they see Star Trek Beyond. And there was a premiere, uh, a few days ago in Australia. It's not actually out in theaters there. I don't think it doesn't come out really till about the 20th of July is the first dates, uh, 20th to 21st, 22nd. Uh, there's a special on the 20th in the U.S. at least in several cities. There's uh, showings here where they're going to show all three Star Trek movies, recent Star Trek movies, I should say, from the 2009 film to Into Darkness and then beyond. Well, that that kind of goes in a nice flow, doesn't it, when you say that? Anyway, that's going to be on the Wednesday before the big premiere here. But uh, Australia had one the other night. I haven't looked at the uh, spoiler uh, links and things, but... It's uh, it's getting a little bit of uh, chatter already, of positive chatter, so that's good. Uh, they're supposed to not say anything. People who saw it are, are supposedly not supposed to say anything, you know, officially. But you know how the internet is. It's 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 just if you get it out, if it gets out there, it gets out there. It's it's uh, kind of like poor Kaylee Cuoco's little dog and flag pictures from Fourth of July. You know, for 
those in the U.S., everybody knows about the 4th of July here. But if we're outside the country, of course, it's the U.S.'s Independence Day, big holiday, fireworks, flag waving, all that jazz. If you haven't heard about this story, there was a picture. I guess it's her dog sitter or something like that who actually took the picture and did it. She didn't do it, but it's a picture with a couple of, I think there's three dogs in the photo. I don't, I didn't pull it up here, but a couple of them have little neckerchief kind of, you know, things on with flag type designs on them. And then there's a flag laying on the ground and one of the dog is kind of sitting on the flag a little, but I, you know, all right. Yeah. I know flags, you know, if you have a, an official U S flag, uh, and probably true, maybe other countries have the same rule or whatever, or I don't know, is it a law? You're not supposed to let the flag touch the ground. If you have a flag on a flagpole and you're pulling it down or taking it down, you're not supposed to leave the flag laying on the ground. It's supposed to be a sign of respect to the country, to the flag, and all that. I, I, obviously, I don't think whoever did this, her, her dog sitter, you know, realized what she was doing. I think she was ignorant of that thing. And I don't find any big harm or foul in it. But the Internet just blew up, you know, again, like the Internet is about, oh, how could they, how dare they, how, you know, dogs sitting on the flag and how disrespectful. And I'm like, it's a cute little picture of some dogs in the flag for the 4th of July. You know, people relax. It, it, it's not, if somebody wants to disrespect and people are on the internet and, and elsewhere want to disrespect the flag, they're going to do it a lot more. Um, let's say there's not going to be any room for debate about whether they knew what they were doing. You know, they, they, you know, they, there's a lot of cases of that kind of stuff. That this is innocent, and I, I find it, um, I find it kind of sad that that people have to get so bothered by that. And I, and maybe you know, I was never a Boy Scout. Uh, may, maybe if I had, if that was more ingrained in me about how you treat the flag, maybe I'd feel a little different, perhaps. But I guess I can't change how I feel. But I just think that people just, just overreact to things these days. I mean, my gosh. The world's got some crazy, nasty stuff going on, and this—this this is what you guys get all worked up about. Anyway, I don't know how exactly I got off on that topic, but oh, I guess because of the Fourth of July and the internet and and that. So, um, so we're going to talk about Star Trek music, talk about the new movie, talk about uh, some of the music from the last couple of films, uh, talk about uh, you know kind of what I'm hoping for from this movie, from what I've picked up on so far. Because this podcast, I didn't do one last week. There was no guest host, so we just had a skip week. I'm going to do that now and then from now on. If we don't have a guest, I'm not going to work too hard at trying to find one. If you guys want to do a guest spot, I, I, I welcome that. Uh, every other week or so, I, I try to slip a guest spot in or do a short mini cast or something different. Um, but um, So this week, I'm doing this show, and I won't do another show. Mark's going to be here next week doing uh covering the day the earth stood still which is a fantastic movie i've talked about it a little bit on a couple other podcasts but i don't think we've ever had dedicated a whole podcast to it but uh so i won't really be back doing a show until star trek beyond until we have the uh post seeing the movie show and so this is my opportunity to kind of talk about what i hope for from the movie you know i love these films i i i really do i even into darkness even with its con stuff and the over you know the junk in there I get a I get a big kick out of these movies, and I, I understand they're not some people's very you know version or preference of Star Trek, but there's a lot of cool fun stuff in these movies, and it's not just that to me. I really think they have the characters, and the cast is great, and I really think they have the characters down pretty well, and and they do a fun job with it. But it's a movie; it's a it's a couple of hours we get every couple of years, 
and it, they're not going to be able to do the kind of show that they do on television. It's just people would be, frankly, they'd be a little bit bored by it. We're in an age and a day where you need spectacle. You need ships blowing up, and you need things, you know, being blasted and, and big stuff happening, you know, people dying or whatever. There was a podcast I listened to recently, uh, the Nerdist podcast, which is a great show, um, and uh, Chris uh, Hardwell, is that how you, that's how you say his name, right? Yeah, the guy that does all those Talking Dead shows and things like that on TV, he had Robert Kirkman. For those that don't know, Robert Kirkman is the creator and writer, I think he's one of the yeah, he's one of the original creators, right? But he writes the comic, the Walking Dead comic. He's involved in the television show. Uh, he has a new comic, newer comic, and a new show out called Outcast. Pretty cool guy, pretty smart, pretty savvy. And during this podcast, the reason I'm bringing this up is near the end of the podcast, and this just came out maybe a month ago, about, in June and early June, and uh, Chris asked uh, Robert Kirkman about what's he looking forward to this summer, and the first thing out of his mouth, and really the only thing he said was he's looking forward to Star Trek Beyond. He he says, you know, uh, it's what you know. He grabs some popcorn and goes, sits down, and has a fun time watching a Star Trek movie, and 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 you know, he, it even comes up, I think, in the conversation where he says something like, you know, it's it's got cool spectacle and it's got cool things going on, and it's 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 not the TV show and it should be different. Uh, could they do more? Could it be more, you know, something perhaps? And I guess now is just as good a time as any. There's been a, uh, another internet controversy, not just Kaylee Cuoco's dog flag picture thing, but the, there was something recently announced. I don't know who officially announced it to the studio or Simon Pegg or hey, it was a studio uh, but uh, they have uh, they have decided, or it's going to be somehow involved or part of the movie that that the character of Sulu in the movie is going to be gay now, uh, or I should say that they've never really in the in these recent films explored that. You know, this is the alternate Trek universe. To to remind everyone, for those that listen, that the original Prime call it universe is still out there. You know, this universe is an alternate version, alternate trek universe alternate timeline um and and things are a little bit different here so this you know they call it the kelvin universe now officially because of the uss kelvin because of kirk's father and all that at the beginning of the first 2009 film so so there's going to be something i guess in this movie because i don't think they would have just announced it if there's nothing in the movie that makes you realize sulu is gay now um but uh, so there's going to be something about that in this movie. It could just be a minor little thing. He could give a, you know, a guy a quick kiss or a hug or something and say, "Hey, I'll see you later in our quarters" or whatever, and that could be that. It could be more than that. Uh, who who knows what it is? Maybe he has a secret crush on Mr. Spock. Who who knows? But there's been a lot of chatter about it. I I personally, when I first heard about it, I I thought it was I I'll, I'll be honest because that's the kind of person I am. I thought it's just kind of a stunt. I think it's the kind of thing people do these days. If it really doesn't have that much bearing on the movie, why do they even need to talk about it, right? Now, now it's a stunt by on many, many levels. Why announce it? You know what I mean? Like You're already making it a stunt by announcing it. Who announces things like that ahead of time? You know what I mean? It, it's to... What, what does that do? And, and, and by making a thing out of it, you're, you're actually going against what you're trying to say is that it doesn't matter, right? So it's 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 kind of hypocritical a little bit, to a degree, in my opinion. But um, 
But I think it's just kind of silly. It's like, are we going through the whole crew and finding out who's who's straight and who's gay? I, I mean, does it does it matter? Let's just do the movie. But also, the other part about it that I feel is a little bit uh, disingenuous and, and just kind of not really all that great or helpful, but it's like it's going to be a two-hour movie. People are going to go see it. Maybe they'll watch it on a home video when they get it, but that's about it. I'm much more uh, hopeful that they will have a wide variety of uh, sexual orientation and races and species and all kinds of crazy things in the new series coming in uh, to 2017. Uh, of course, they can do both. Uh, we were, we're having a little talk about this on on the Facebook group about this. You know, maybe they'll do both. And uh, and and people are saying, well, Star Trek's been kind of behind on this. And I'm like, really? Well, I, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's it's come up on other Star Trek series since that time. Uh, it, you know, they it's uh, it it shouldn't matter. So uh, so anyway, uh, but I think. And then the the big other part of this whole thing was George Takei. Because the obvious thing is George Takei is 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 a known you know he's a gay man he's been that's been known for quite a long time, so so his character on the original series, yeah they didn't really make a big point he wasn't going on a lot of dates with women during the show or during the movies but eventually in Star Trek Generations, it was known that that he had a daughter and 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 I presumably a wife too because I think they explored that a little bit more in the novel I read that novel it's been a long time but. Uh, now, does that necessarily make him straight or gay? Eh, I'd say it kind of leans on the straight side a little bit, but uh, I well, it's it just is it just seems like really people. I mean, do we need to do this for the movie? I'd see. I, I can understand it for the television show. You're going to have a TV show that's going to run many, many episodes, much more time than a movie is going to going to encompass. Uh, the characters need to be much more. Uh, explored and uh, you know we've got to have a lot more background and, and, and things going on with learning about them you know the uh, I just watched finally that chaos on the bridge trek special gosh I, I, I kept meaning to sit down and watch it I'd seen bits of it but I finally sat down the other night and watched the whole thing uh, thank goodness for summertime lack of of a lot of new TV there's a little bit but um, but the uh, Oh, why did I why did I talk about that? I, it'll it'll come to me in a second. But um, the uh, it, it's just the I get I guess the the background of the characters is going to be oh I know what it was. They were talking about how the writers how things had shifted in the show around the mid part of the the around three season three or whatever. They talked about how the show had become instead of a plot driven show a character driven show. It was more about the characters and how things affected them and how they were involved in certain things going on, but they were always very integral to the story. And that is why, you know, Star Trek, and that kind of kind of stayed true for most of the other Star Trek series to a degree, more or less, and some, some more than others. So the new Star Trek series will probably follow that a little bit, which will basically mean that you need to kind of know about the characters, right? So, And I can't believe I've rambled on about 20 minutes already without getting into the Star Trek music. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up, but... Anyway, those are just my thoughts and opinions. You are completely, obviously, welcome to share uh, your views or thoughts about this on the Facebook group or send me an email or a voicemail, and I'll play it on a future show. Uh, but uh, but we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, I have a feeling it's not going to be that big of a thing in the movie. I, I, I don't see how it could be. These movies aren't really that much focused on the characters, except for maybe the big three. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy for the most part, uh, and Uhura maybe a little bit. You know, they brought her into the 
into the group a bit more, uh, but um, but we'll see. I'm really looking forward to the movie, though. I think it's think it's really going to be good. I think this is their chance to basically do something that they've not had a chance to do before. A new story, a new uh, enemy, uh, uh, just a new situation to deal with. Uh, I think I think Star Trek Into Darkness could have been a lot more interesting if it wasn't Khan, for example. Uh, but um, but anyway, we will uh, we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. So um, I'm gonna take a short break here. Uh, we'll uh, I think I'll just play a little Star Trek music during this break from the 2009 movie, and we'll get into talking a little bit more in detail about the music from that film and uh, Into Darkness, and of course Beyond. That was the uh, track number four called Hella Bar Talk uh, with uh, Captain Pike and Kirk uh, talking in the first Star Trek movie. Well, the 2009, I keep saying that. <laughs> the 09 Abrams first Trek film. So uh, Star Trek uh, music for the last two films and the, and the current one or the one coming up, Star Trek Beyond, uh, has, has all been done by Michael Giacchino. Uh, I hope I say that correctly. Uh, I, I was trying to look back. I thought Vartok had done a uh, a full podcast uh, video, uh, not video, but a full musical podcast about uh, Giacchino before. But I, I, for some reason, I, I did come up in my search, so maybe he didn't. I don't remember. Oh, sorry, Vartok. If you did, I apologize. But um, but I'm still just going to cover this Star Trek music, not his other stuff. He was a uh, but uh, so to talk about the music, you got to talk about the composer, right? Uh, he was born in Riverside, uh, New Jersey, R- Riverside Township, New Jersey. He is about 48 right now. Currently, his birthday is in October. Uh, he is a long is a long time uh, composer that has worked with J.J. Abrams. Back uh, started with him on the series Alias. He worked on the Mission Impossible movie number three that J.J. Abrams did. 
Uh, he's done a lot of um, of the animated of animated stuff like Ratatouille and, and Up and Cars 2. He did John Carter, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, Inside Out, uh, Zootopia. So he's uh, he's won multiple Grammys. Uh, He's got a Golden Globe Award, an Academy Award. The guy is really good. And I I really like his Star Trek music. I think he did the very difficult task of creating a, a new sound for Trek for the movies that is, is different but still seems very fitting for the films. I think it's one of the very best parts of the movies, and it's probably why or is certainly a big part of one of the reasons why I really like these movies. I, I think the music, to me, uh, the movies that I really like a lot that have stuck with me, things like Star Wars, Star Trek, Raiders of the Lost Ark, they always have very, uh, the Superman movies, the you know the, the real Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, they always have very distinctive soundtracks and, and music that, that sticks with me that I remember. The ones that have forgettable soundtracks tend to be for the most part, this is a generalization, but they're they're a little more forgettable movies. Uh, for example, even even uh, John Carter, which was a movie that I liked quite a bit, I think had a really good soundtrack, and I think that's a, a super underrated movie. There's a plug for John Carter. If you guys haven't seen that, check that movie out. Uh, but um, I segued off a little bit. But anyway, J.J. Abrams worked on um or worked with uh, michael on a lot of things uh they worked uh, together on lost uh so so they have a good working relationship and when they when they got to the point of hey we're going to do a new star trek movie we need a new sound a new a new thing for it uh they went to uh, michael giacchino and you know as they say the rest is history uh he's he's very prolific he's done some recent movies you may have seen or know of Things like Tomorrowland, Jupiter Ascending, which I think are both pretty good movies. I, I think Jupiter Ascending, to me, also was was a real interesting concept. I, I thought uh, uh, he's also um, he's doing Doctor Strange, which Marvel has got coming in November, so that should be really interesting. I, I think that movie's going to be that that knocks it up a couple of notches already in my book. Um, but um, but yeah, he's he's very talented. And he obviously has a lot of uh, a lot of good credits under his belt, and, and again, I, I find that the sound for Trek that he did here works very well. So um, with all that, let me play another. This is one of my favorite um, tracks to uh, the original. Or the there we go, <laughs> the 2009. Sorry, folks, the 2009 uh, Star Trek movie. This is track five called "Enterprising Young Men" by Michael Giacchino.
Yeah, I like that track a lot. Uh, it's it's again very fitting. It, it's it, the the fun thing I like about this soundtrack and the other ones. I think it's true for Into Darkness as well. But they have fun titles uh, to the tracks. I, I I get a kick out of the uh, the track titles. Uh, you know, I'll just go down them real quickly here. They have uh, uh, Star Trek, of course. The opening is track one. Then it's called. Uh, then they have Nailing the Kelvin. Labor of Love, Hellebar Talk, Enterprising Young Men, Narrow Sighted, Nice to Meld You, uh, Run and Shoot Offense, uh, Does It Still McFly, Narrow Death Experience, Narrow Fiddles, Narada Burns, Back from Black, uh, That New Car Smell, and To Boldly Go, and End Credits. So it's, yeah, they, they, they got a, you know, got some fun stuff going here with the uh, 2009 soundtrack uh, titles. I think that's uh, pretty cool. There's always been this difficulty when sometimes soundtracks come out because soundtracks are one of those unique things where they will often come out a little bit before the movie. And sometimes, or even if they don't come out before the movie, they will uh, have the track listing available online somewhere. You can find it or whatever. And sometimes the track listings reveal a lot about... um, you know what the movie what's going on like hey superman dies oh spoiler you know or whatever um but um but anyway the uh oh he died in the comics a long time ago that's what i was talking about by the way uh and he's died recently again and superman you know comic books always change so but anyway the sometimes soundtrack titles of the tracks they 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 can be you know, big big spoilers for people, and you got to be careful about that if you're if you're somebody who that bothers. And I, I've been learning recently, even more and more, uh, that uh, I think most people. I'm going to go out and say very, very many, and the, by far the vast majority of people don't like to be spoiled for for films. I do have to say that, and this gets to the stage, you know, there was some talk about a, not that long ago, a month or two ago, a couple months ago, where I know I've been talking to Chris about this off and on and others, that, but there was not a lot of Star Trek beyond, you know, stuff out there. There wasn't much trailer info. There wasn't much anything. And all of a sudden, the last month especially, the last few weeks, we're getting a lot of stuff. We're getting a lot of TV spots. We're getting music. We're getting information about you know sulu's sexual orientation (laughs) you know we're getting little uh clips you know clips from the film you know little little snippets like there was this one that i did watch uh with uhura and spock and then uh, they look like they're having a little difficulty which didn't they have that in into darkness too so i mean you're you know she's in love with a vulcan or half vulcan i mean what are you gonna what are you gonna do it's gonna be a little complicated but um so of course the floodgates seem to be open now. There's just a ton of stuff coming out, and and it's almost too much because it's 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 also making me think like oh I think I've got the whole movie figured out. You know Enterprise gets attacked by aliens, and I'm not saying anything you haven't seen in the in one of the main trailers. Enterprise gets attacked by aliens. They 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 crash most of the crews uh, on this planet, and they look like they're practically being put into slavery. And and you know, and Kirk finds they get another ship and they come and rescue them. That's pretty much the story, I think. So maybe there'll be some good surprises, I hope. And I'm still willing and happy to see all that play out uh, for the two-hour movie. By the way, this movie actually looks like it's going to have maybe a smidge shorter running time than the last couple of films. The um, the one from 2009 had a 127-minute running time. By the way, it was made for 
150 million and uh, it made 386 million in the box office. So more than more than double its its uh, its budget. The 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness film was 133 minute running time, was, cost uh, 185 million to make, and made 468 million. Uh, so it made even much more than double uh, its budget. Uh, so actually, you know, even though I think a lot of people seem to think the 09 movie they liked it better than the Into Darkness movie, Into Darkness made more money by by quite a bit. Um, so hopefully we'll keep that trend going. I hope Star Trek Beyond does well. I mean, this summer, I was just talking to Chris and a few others also about this topic. This summer has been kind of weak for movies. I mean, I, I wasn't really all that excited to go see Independence Day, so I haven't seen it yet. The first movie was okay. Uh, it was always just okay in my book. I never really was that. People seem to really love that movie. I, I, I just never really got that much out of it uh, myself. I, I suppose it's because I've seen tons of, you know, back in the day, alien invasion movies of the Earth and things. This just seemed like a 1950s alien invasion movie amped up to uh, modern standards. So, but Star Trek, yeah. So so Star Trek Beyond, I think, has an opportunity here to, to you know, hopefully be one of the biggies of the summer. I mean, the, the, the last one that I, I really loved a lot was uh captain america back in may i mean the warcraft movie was okay if you like warcraft uh start or star trek uh sorry x-men apocalypse i was a little disappointed in it was okay but i, I didn't think it it met the uh the last two x-men movies i don't think it was as fun as those two so um so yeah the, the and i'm gonna go see probably maybe this evening uh that um Secret Life of Pets, you know, what pets do when you're not there, which looks hilarious. The anim animated movie, Lynn and I think are going to go see that. But that's an animated film, so I, I'm looking for a blockbuster, you know. Also, Tarzan was out, but I mean, how many times have we seen the Tarzan story? I, I just wasn't all that, it wasn't enough to get me to the movies. I want something, uh, you know, something cool and something fun. And, and, and yeah, I've seen Star Trek a million times too, but Star Trek, you know, hey, I gotta, I gotta see that. And, and it looks like they're doing something, you know, quite a bit different with Star Trek Beyond. So, uh, wrapping up what I was talking about though before, so it only has a, officially right now. I'm seeing a running time of 120 minutes, so it's a little less. They went a little longer with Into Darkness, and they've always tried to keep them around two hours or just a little bit more. So, I think two hours is fine. Uh, and this one only had a budget of 150, so they kind of cut back. Actually, actually, excuse me, they cut back a little bit on the budget compared to the 2013 movie. It's probably a little bit due to, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure, actually. I was going to say maybe the movie just didn't need it. I mean, Star Trek Into Darkness had a lot going on. This movie looks like it has a lot going on, too, uh, from some of the uh, previews and all that, especially the the, uh, the attack on the Enterprise and, and what happens at this star base that's part of the movie and all that. But, um so uh, we'll see how this all works out. I, again, I'm hoping uh, people get out to see it. I'm hoping people like it, of course, and and we get more. I mean, they're Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. I think I heard are, a while, a long time ago, actually, uh, are officially you know signed up for another movie uh, for a fourth film in this in this series. I have a feeling if this one's successful, that they would probably make one more and maybe kind of you know find a way to to segue to some other situation or cast who knows there's still a lot of question about what the new um series is going to be set in what time frame or what era or what are the, what they're going to do for that i still don't think it's going to be something that's going to overlap with the movies the current movies i think they're going to want to keep those separate 
but you know maybe they want to ride the coattails if this movie does really well maybe they want to maybe they'll want to branch off the success of this and have it set in this universe i don't know i mean i'm going to watch it no matter what but uh we will see all right let me play another track for you this one is from also the 09 film this is uh does it still mcfly track number nine from star trek 2009 version by michael giacchino Yeah, that's a good uh, good track there. I like that one. Uh, does it still McFly? <laughs> Obviously, you know, a play about uh, Marty McFly from Back to the Future. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit to the uh, 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness movie. Do you notice that these um, Star Trek films, even with the subtitles, they don't—they're not using a colon. I'm sure there are like meetings and meetings and and all kinds of stuff about that. You know, it's. I keep wanting to put a colon like, uh, you know, Star Trek colon into darkness, Star Trek colon beyond, but uh, there's no colon, no colon. I like it though. I think Star Trek beyond, I think works pretty good. Star Trek uh, with with two words after Star Trek into darkness, meh, maybe a colon in there might've been kind of better. Who knows? Does it matter? Probably not. Okay, uh, Star Trek uh, into darkness, uh, the movie came out in uh, May of 2013. The, uh, this one's got some interesting tracks on it. They also, uh, I'll read the tracks to you because I think, again, they're fun. Uh, and I like the what they do here. They, they keep these things kind of, uh, I don't think they really reveal a lot, um, but, they, um, but they're kind of fun, though, again. All right, so uh, track one of this one, Pranking the Natives. Uh, Spock Drops, Kirk Jumps is track two. Track three, Subprime Directive. Track four. 
which I'm going to play for you in a minute, London Calling. I like this one. It's a little unique on the soundtrack. Um, number five, ma Meldmerized. Meldmerized. That's hard to say. Number six, the Kronos Quartet. Number seven, Brigadoom. Not Brigadoon. Brigadoom. Uh, number eight, Ship the Ship. Number nine, Earthbound and Down. Uh, number 10, Warp Core Values. Number 11, Buying the Space Farm. The number 12, uh, the San Fran Hustle. And 13, Kirk Enterprises. 14, Star Trek Main Theme. Uh, I think this one, I think because I, the, the music and the themes and stuff that they used in this film, of course, echo and use a lot of stuff from the what he created for Michael Giacchino created for the 2009 movie so maybe this soundtrack didn't grab me as much as the first one did but I still like it a lot I'm going to play like I said I'm going to play this um, track this is kind of a quiet track uh, called London Calling I think this is when um, that little girl's parents whatever their names are that Khan helps uh, to save that little girl the the one that works at that um, records place at uh, in San Francisco the Kelvin Institute or whatever it's called Anyway, um, this is playing, I think, when they're riding there to the hospital uh, and, and a little bit beyond that. So listen to London Calling from the soundtrack to Star Trek Into Darkness. a good track different uh the part of the movie was interesting i thought the the whole thing with khan and and the way he uh you know manipulated situations and things i i, I think it was interesting i i i still again think it would have been more interesting if it was a different character i thought that for the second movie that to, to grab khan i've said this probably many times even after i 
first saw it, but it was probably a, a it came off as a little bit of a weakness. It was like that's all you guys could come up with, eh, you know. And then of course there was the whole problem right with uh, with that they kept it hidden, right? They gave him sort of an alias in the movie, and they tried to use that as uh, you know this name John Harrison, and uh, and they tried to use that as a way to cover up his identity. And it just came off badly. It didn't work. So, uh, um, but still, I think still a fun movie and interesting stuff in in it. And um, let's do another track. Let's do. Um, I was slipping through them as I was listening to the other one. Well, actually, as I paused it after I listened to the last one, I was slipping through these and trying to find one that seemed a little more unique to this soundtrack. And let's let's do this one, number eight. It's called Ship to Ship. Uh, I think this is during uh, the, when the uh, the big whatever the th- what's it called the Vengeance or something I think the USS Vengeance the 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 big monster ship um, that Admiral Marcus is using to chase down the Enterprise. So listen to this uh, from the Star Trek Into Darkness soundtrack, track eight, ship to ship.
Yeah, it's another good track there. I think, uh, you know, there's some exciting music in these movies. It, it really fits. Uh, I love the themes that uh, Chino uses. I, I, I'm looking forward to very much getting the soundtrack to Star Trek Beyond. I'm really excited for this movie. I think it's going to be different and unique. And it, it's been too long. You know, we've uh, we've gone three whole years again without a Star Trek movie with very little Star Trek, really. Uh, pretty soon that's going to change, though. We're going to have that new series, so uh, I, I'm getting excited. Uh, by the way, completely side note that just popped into my head, but if you want to have, if you want to get, like, Blu-ray discs of, like, Star Trek The Next Generation or Star Trek Enterprise, man, they are uh, completely, uh, like, I think it's just the new price, these collections. There's, like, about, it's, like, about $100.00. At Best Buy, about $100 on Amazon for all Star Trek Next Generation, all seven seasons on Blu-ray. It's amazing. I still haven't even bought, like, one of the seasons. <laughs> I'm tempted to just buy the whole set uh, because I don't even I didn't even look at the individual season prices, what they're at. But, I mean, some of them were, like, 50 60 bucks 60 per season. Uh, and now you can get all of it for 100 Enterprise, I think, it was around 86 or 87 on uh, for the whole four seasons on Blu-ray. I know there's a lot of people that just stream stuff and don't like to have physical media, but if you still, if you're like me and you're worried about, you know, when the internet all falls apart and their Netflix is gone, we'll still have our little discs to play. So anyway, thought I would mention that. All right, let's kind of wrap this up a little bit on the music side of it. I want to play this little featurette. It's a, it's pretty short, only a little more than a minute about Rihanna. Now. Um, most of you, maybe some of you, maybe not all, have heard that she's done a song, Sledgehammer, like I said earlier in the show, uh, for uh, the Star Trek movie. And this, yeah, there are some people that like it, some people that don't, some people are in between. I, I think the song is good. I like it. I, I think Rihanna has a great voice. I think, uh, and and the also, and, and you can tell in this featurette, she's not faking it. She's a Star Trek fan. And I think that's cool. You know, why not? Why not get a, a pretty popular current artist who's also a Star Trek fan do a movie, do a, sorry, do a song for the movie? Now, I know Chris and uh, a few others have said, like, well, what does this have to do with Star Trek? Well, it doesn't really have a lot to have to do much with it. But I think, I think when you hear what she has to say about it, I think you can kind of see what she was going for. Plus, I think this is just going to roll during the end credits of the movie, as far as I know. So it doesn't have to really have a deep, deep meaning for uh, for the film. But anyway, listen to what she has to say. I'm going to play the whole song, I think, but I'll play that at the end of the podcast. I'm going to play this. I'll come back and talk a little. i got a little quick collectible review to do, and then we'll uh, wrap up the show with Rihanna's uh, Sledgehammer song. But listen to this short featurette, uh, listening to her talk about Trek. Star Trek has been a part of my life since I was a little girl. My dad really is the one who introduced me to Star Trek. It just took me one episode to fall in love with this other world that I couldn't understand, but I felt like I could relate to. I I was always very curious about the characters and the storyline. You always felt emotionally connected to the characters and whatever they were going through. This is something that's been a part of me since my childhood. It's never left me. So it wasn't like just doing a song for any random film. I love Star Trek. It was automatic. I would do anything in terms of music. It's such a big deal, not only as a fan, as a musician, because Star Trek is such a big deal across the globe. This song, it needed to be big and impactful, very emotional, dramatic. 
and haunting at the same time. I couldn't believe it. I was very, very honored to be a part of this film. Kala. Yeah, so there's Rihanna talking about her uh, her background with Trek. You know, got into it with her dad, which makes sense. You know, a lot of a lot of people. Uh, I think uh, you know, especially um, that uh, you know were uh, grew up with Trek, passed it on to their kids and stuff. Anyway, so I'll play her song. Uh, there's a music video up uh, for it, which I've I've actually been tempted to take. Uh, I like her music video, but I'm tempted to take it and, and, and slide a few more clips in there from the movie. I might do that uh, sometime before the film comes out and put it up over on my Vimeo uh, page. But Paramount probably wouldn't like it, but meh, you know, maybe they won't find out. That's the way I play. <laughs> so anyway, so that kind of wraps up a quick look at uh, Michael Giacchino's music from the last two Star Trek movies and a little taste of what's to come from the new one. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of themes that he's going to use um, in the uh in this uh star trek beyond that he used before okay let's do a segue i'm not going to take a break here but we'll just talk uh i kind of take a break while i play the songs and the clips but i'm going to talk briefly about a new collectible figure uh one that i've wanted for a long time i love sideshow collectible sideshow is um is really does some great premium format statues and if you want to go over to uh, sideshowtoy.com you can see all of them. They've got a lot of stuff from comics, like the DC Universe, from the Marvel Universe, from Star Wars. Uh, they don't really do Star Trek uh, right now. That I that I you know I wish they would. Uh, but uh, but anyway, so um, I I did this. The cool thing about these premium format statues, uh, and I've got a Wonder Woman one that I got about a year ago, maybe less than a year ago. Not a year ago, maybe nine months ago. They're really large. <laughs> the Wonder Woman one's about, I don't know, 22, 24 inches high. It's really hard, high because it's, she stands on a very tall base. Uh, but uh, the Batgirl one is in the same scale. Uh, these premium format, uh, uh, I don't know what scale they are, one-quarter scale approximately? I don't think they're one-sixth scale. They're bigger than one-sixth scale because uh, if somebody's six foot, uh, and Wonder Woman, I guess, would be considered to be about six foot. That'd make the statue about a foot, right? The statue itself, her figure on the statue. And it's much more than that. So I'm going to say about a quarter scale. Uh, anyway, I got a Batgirl one, uh, but these, these they're not cheap. And, and I usually get maybe one every year or so or two. Uh, but they have payment plans over at Sideshow, which is cool. You know, you can spend, you know, you can break it up into like six payments or whatever. Uh, but I got a Batgirl one. Batgirl is basically, I guess you could say, kind of her classic kind of look or comic comic book outfit. It, it's it's um it's a premium format Batgirl statue. I got number two two oh five of twenty five hundred. I got the regular edition. I I, I goofed basically. I, I was gonna get the premium when it first came out. The premium might came with a different head with a shorter hairstyle. So I really liked her with a longer hairstyle anyway, so that head I would have probably never put on the figure. I mean, it would have been nice to have it from a collectible standpoint, but I, I prefer the head that comes with the regular edition. With the premium edition, you got both heads, and with the non-premium edition, you just got the basic head with the longer hair. 
So um, the statue is very simple to put together. I mean, the, these things are, the Wonder Woman one was a little complicated. She's got a spear and a sword and a shield and everything. Uh, we finally got that one all, all good. The Batgirl one really only has basically four pieces, I guess. So there's the base, uh, this dark bronze kind of base. And there's the main figure itself. There's her head, which is separated by a little, it, it attaches to the, to the body through a peg and a, it's sort of magnetized a magnet system and then there's her cape as well so you have to sort of the trickiest part about this statue is the cape uh the cape you have to slide over uh the opening where her head goes and then put her head over that to kind of keep the cape in place and keep it down uh it's 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 not the greatest i'll admit that's not the greatest little design it's a little bit uh I'm a little bit worried, you know, her head's going to fall off, frankly, but I, I think I've got it to work pretty well now. You have to kind of work at it and be careful with it, but um, but other than that, and that's just kind of a minor point, uh, it, it, it's really a beautiful statue, amazing looking. It's done in sort of this dark, dark purple tone, which, depending on the lighting, almost looks black. I've always felt that, uh, you know, her outfit should have that sort of slight, it shouldn't just be black, it should have that slight purple look purple hue to it and they captured the paint uh i mean the 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 tint and the, and the look of the paint that they did for that was was perfect and i'm just kind of looking over at it on the shelf it's got uh you know she's got the gold kind of boots and gloves and she's holding a batarang and the eyes i really like because they're her eyes are not um i think it's better she's sort of looking to the side I think sometimes the eyes are a little tricky to do on these statues, and I think if you do them staring straight ahead, they look a little lifeless or a little weird. But um, but these are just looking to her to over towards her left side, and and they work well. Um, her, you know, the face and everything was perfect. The hair, I mean, it's just really a statue that I don't have anything to complain about except that way the cape fits on there. Uh, it's very very cool. Uh, it. Uh, I need to figure out a better way. I've got this big display shelf thing that I'm using for these, but it's it's. Uh, I like to keep them somehow covered to keep the dust off of them, and I, I haven't really quite figured that out. I, I can put them on the shelf, and then I can get another case to put over them, which I might do with this one. This one's not too bad. The Wonder Woman one is just huge, and it's wide because she holds the spear. Uh, that's one. That one is difficult to uh, would be difficult difficult to put a case over it. They don't come with any kind of a protective case or anything like that, which uh, would just add to the cost. And, and a lot of people do their own thing on that. But it's a great statue. I think uh, if you're a fan, I mean, th these premium format statues from Sideshow are, are you just can't beat them. I mean, they're they're fantastic. Uh, they've got a Darth Vader one up, which I'm really tempted by because, of course, he's going to be in Rogue One, right? Uh, that that one looks great. And uh and there's always there's a Superman one there, and I want to get a Batman one. I mean, there's just way too many that I want, <laughs> but uh, I gotta I gotta save up some of my money to, a little bit to do that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, I put a picture up on the Facebook group. I'll put a picture in the podcast notes for this week. Uh, so uh, check out the uh, Batgirl Premium Format statue from Sideshow Toys. Okay, folks, that's about it. I'm going to wrap things up today uh, for this uh, podcast. Talk about a lot of different things. I hope it was a fun show. I, uh, I kind of uh, let my mind wander and brought up a few topics of hopefully interest, and I hope people understood my uh, thoughts and opinions on some of these uh, hot-button topics of the day. And, uh, hey, you know, when it when it comes down to it, everybody, you know, just, you know, if you've got your own opinion, that's fine. You just listen and 
hopefully uh, allow other people to have theirs as well. So uh, I need some more tea, I think. Uh, my voice is starting to get a little rough, rougher. But uh, So, folks, two weeks, less than two weeks to Star Trek Beyond. Go out there and support the movie, even though uh, you know Paramount and CBS are being still goofy about fan films. Um, by the way, I posted up the Star Trek Renegades people are... Uh, are, are continuing with additional episodes, but they're pulling all like the uh, real Star Trek elements out, making the the costumes look a little different in the character names and no reference to Trek in it. And it's it's kind of funny because the little bit I'm seeing is they um, the, there are some of the uniforms that still look pretty Trek like that I'm seeing. Plus they got uh, Walter Koenig who played Chekhov in the original series in a robe that makes him look like a Jedi. It's pretty funny. I, I'm not sure. Those pictures may be just out for the who've supported the um, the Star Trek Renegades production with, with donations. So uh, I'm not sure. So let's wrap up the show with the, um, like I said earlier, Mark's going to be here next week with a look at uh, the day the Earth stood still. And I'll be back in two weeks. Don't forget to send in um, your video comments uh, a couple minutes or so would be great about star trek beyond uh let's support the movie even though like i said they're uh, being goofy about fan films but maybe that'll get better who knows all right so we'll end the show with the full version of rihanna's uh cool star trek beyond song that she did for the movie uh called sledgehammer i like it uh if you don't you can obviously pause or skip it <laughs> that's your power you have the power to do that and who's playing pokemon go I downloaded the the, uh, the silly app and 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 everyone seems to be doing it in the world and I I think I'm going to regret downloading it. Probably shouldn't bother. I don't have time to do that. I got to work on stuff. I got things to do. So uh, all right, everyone. Thanks as always so much for downloading and listening to today's podcast. Uh, this is Rico signing off for Treks and Sci-Fi. Stay tuned. Here is Rihanna with Sledgehammer from Star Trek Beyond. Oh, by the way, I'm playing the version that's the music video, so there's a little bit of uh, sound effects and things in here. So uh, anyway, here it is, Rihanna's Sledgehammer from Star Trek Beyond. Music video on Trex and Sci-Fi. Bye, everyone.
make it through, make it through. I can't survive a life that's without you, that's without you here. And I will rise up from the ashes now, the ashes now. Oh, the sparrow flies with just the crumbs of loving failure. I was bracing for the pain. Sci-Fi Entertainment News. This podcast copyright 2008. Rico Dawson.